and welcome to the BPD Bunch. We have a panel of people who are in functional recovery from borderline personality disorder. And each week, a few of us get together to discuss the ups and downs of our BPD journeys to give you hope and direction for your own. I'm your host, Zanny, and today I am here with Georgette and Raf. Where in the world is everyone coming from today? We're in Melbourne. In actually, it's getting warm and sunny, so the skies are now blue, Melbourne, which is nice. We get like a week of that a year, so we're feeling very good. Ooh. I'm coming from New Jersey in the United States. Well, I'm coming to you from New Mexico in the United States. <laughs> First, we just want to say thank you to all of our BPD besties on Patreon for voting for today's episode topic. We so much appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you for your support. The topic that was voted on for today is da, 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 shame. So we're going to talk about oh, yeah. shame in borderline personality disorder, how those things are related. And to start us off, Lena was supposed to be part of this episode and unfortunately was having some technical difficulties and she is one of our resident therapists. And so she made a little video to kick things off that we're going to play for you now. So shame is probably the most prevalent emotion for those of us with BPD. And the reason that is, is in the biosocial theory in DBT, we think about how people with BPD are born with a certain biological sensitivity. We have a higher emotional baseline, which means um, it's much easier for us to experience intense emotions much quicker, and we have a harder time returning to that baseline. There's been studies about the neurological differences in people with BPD and such and such. And what happens is, is those of us with that biological sensitivity are born into environments where that sensitivity is not supported, where our emotions are seen as problematic, difficult, uh, we're often like shamed or humiliated or even punished for having intense emotions. And what that does is not only is it not a great experience for a child or person to have, but it also doesn't teach us how to manage our emotions, identify our emotions, know how to navigate our emotions, anything. What it teaches us is to have shame. So then what happens is for those of us with BPD, we experience an intense emotion. And instead of having the tools and having the understanding to say, oh, I'm not feeling great. Let me look at what's going on. Let me figure out how to, what to do with this. You know, I'm going to give myself some loving support to navigate the situation. We just feel shame right off the bat. Uh, a lot of us might experience shame almost as such like a reactionary response to other emotions that we might not even sometimes know what's underneath the shame, especially in the anger episode. I talked about how for those of us who experience really intense anger, a lot of us experience shame as sort of a secondary response, what we call a secondary emotion to that anger. And then we feel the shame and don't know that the anger is there because the shame is so powerful. Shame is such a painful emotion. When we think about like the, the purpose of emotions in DBT, we think about what is this emotion communicating to me? Every emotion communicates something. And what shame communicates is you don't belong. You're going to get kicked out. There's something fundamentally wrong with you that you shouldn't be here. Not a great emotion to have. So then what happens is we experience that shame and it just all goes to hell. 
I'm glad that we were able to get that little bit from Lena, even though she couldn't be here with us today. What are some of your initial thoughts hearing that? It's interesting because I think shame is sort of like this fire blanket that you put over something to basically smother it out and take the fire, to take the explosiveness out of whatever this emotional reaction is. But you take, you know, that fire blanket away, the, the explosiveness is out, but the fuel underneath it, either the wicker or the oil or whatever, is kind of still there. And if you look at that as like the emotion that we have, that still needs to get burnt out somehow. Maybe not as explosively as a fire, but it still needs to be cleaned. Shame being that blanket kind of just suffocates you and leaves that fuel there. And that happens over and over again. All this emotion, all this icky oil, whatever you want to have as this fuel, stays and can kind of just get worse. I think it's interesting that up until, you know, only a few years ago, I didn't, I didn't really know that I felt shame because it was, it was definitely emotion I felt a lot. But it made me so uncomfortable that I couldn't, I did not have any skills to tolerate it. And so I would divert it into other emotions, usually anger. Looking back, I think a lot of my BPD behaviors were fueled by emotion, shame about the emotion, anger about the shame, shame about the anger, anger about the shame. So it's just like this, this layering, this like, really disgusting layer cake of various emotions just being piled on to try to deal with the other ones because I didn't have any skills that I could use to manage. And it wasn't until I was towards the end of my, my journey with learning DBT skills that I even could realize that I felt shame because I had to unpack all of those other emotions. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is what people are talking about. But it took me such a long time to get there. I feel like shame and I have always been tight. I grew up in an environment where emotions were not really acceptable. Like the only emotion was anger that was acceptable to show. So my experience of shame has just been like a deep sense of shame just for being me. My shame a lot of times is rooted in not feeling good enough. So I feel like ashamed of myself. I got the DBT book out um, for this episode because one of the things that I thought was important is differentiating between shame and guilt. Um, yeah. because they can yes. be very intertwined. And so you're talking about shame. And so I'm just going to read it out of here. So this is the, the function of specific emotions in our lives. So shame organizes responses related to personal characteristics or our own behaviors that are dishonoring or sanctioned by our own community. It focuses on hiding transgressions. And if these are already public, engaging in appeasement related behaviors. So shame is basically a response to external invalidation of some kind or you know being communicated to that your behavior is not part of the norm. And guilt organizes responses related to specific actions that have led to violation of values. So those are your own values. It focuses on actions and behaviors that are likely to repair the violation. So guilt is what you feel when you violated what you yourself believe to be right. And shame is what you feel when you do what other people tell you is not right. Right. 
Yeah, I've always felt guiltless was tied like you feel guilty because I know that I didn't or I feel guilty because I know that whatever I've done, like I knew what I done, what I did was wrong. And I feel guilt over that, whereas shame mm. has always felt more personal, like I have shame, like I'm a bad person. I'm not good enough. I was somehow inherently wrong. They're very closely associated, right? They are very, very closely, closely associated. And I think it's helpful really to, when you understand the action urges associated with them, uh, I think that's what differentiates core emotions from each other is the action, is that there's a different yeah. action urge associated with it. The main differentiation between shame and guilt is shame, you want to hide. Guilt is making a repair. I mean, and you might yeah. be embarrassed. There may be some shame associated with that guilt that might make it harder. You know, you may have these, if you're failing two emotions at once, you have conflicting action urges. It may be difficult to tell. I think that very intertwined, but two very different things. Like one's an external, one's an internal thing. One, you can do something about one, you just suffer through. And for me, anyways, we spoke about this in the anger episode. Like it was just overwhelming. I just shut down and stopped doing the feeling because growing up the shame was attached to feeling and feelings. So whenever I felt shame, my body's reaction was just shut it all down. Like let's stop feeling the feelings, but it was, there was never anything to do about it. Guilt. If I was feeling guilty about something, I could go, I'm sorry that I did this. And I understand why shame would drive you to say, I'm sorry, I did this. I don't know what this is. I don't know why this is. All I know is I feel bad and doing this will make that bad feeling go away. Is there a specific instance that stands out to you from your life where you're like, ah, oh, this describes my whole experience with shame. I've had this experience a lot in my personal life, but I've also experienced it like at work. Peer feedback is a big thing at work. You know, you have to gather feedback from your peers. And that's always been hard for me because I... I can feel a lot of shame when somebody gives me even like a constructive criticism. And I've had experiences at work where I've gotten not constructive criticisms, like just criticisms. And I can remember this time that I was upset with something a coworker did and I made it known. And then when the coworker came to me about it, I still felt like I knew like that that I did not agree with what was done, but I felt a lot of shame that I had been called out, almost like I didn't have a right to feel that way, you know, because somebody else didn't feel that way. And I was like, well, I guess then I must be somehow wrong. Mm. It's like that. So that was like a work, a work life one. But then in my personal life, throughout my divorce, I felt a ton of shame because mm -hmm. I believed what my ex said about me because I didn't have my own sense of identity. For me, like the shame is very tied up in believing that you are what other people say because you don't have your own identity. And if other people say like, oh, you're a terrible person or, oh, you're this or, oh, you're that. It's like this deep sense of shame because, oh my God, I guess I am. My earliest personal experience with shame, I think it's just as a child having big emotions and wanting more and asking my parents for more and getting shamed for asking for more or being like told to think you should know that this is not possible. So you should not ask for those extra things. That shame 
really like dug in and basically stopped me from then as an adult reaching out to ask for help or to ask for more, to ask for like my emotional needs to be met, which is something I'm really only working through now, like this year. I don't have like a specific one specific instance because they all kind of follow this pattern. It's usually in response to someone saying something to me, sort of similar to you, Georgette, where it's like a, a something that's perceived as a criticism, whether it's constructive or not, like it doesn't matter. Like if, I, <laughs> if it's a, if it's a criticism, it's hard. I'm also only able to recognize this pattern in hindsight because mm. For the longest time, I did not know what the sick feeling was that preceded being furiously angry with people. But essentially, mm. someone says something that's a criticism. I feel sort of physically sick for a split second, and then I'm furious. And then usually I would say something to flip it back and make it the other person's problem because I did not know how to sit with that uncomfortable feeling. Um, and I... It's, it's still, it's still a struggle sometimes, you know, like I feel a lot of shame around ADHD behaviors, like struggling to keep my space clean. Sometimes my husband will say things to me like, what are you planning on doing with this thing that's been left out for like four days, you know, or what's happening with this? And all he's doing is asking me questions mm -hmm. and I instantly feel attacked in this deep sense of shame and the urge is still to flame out so i have been working on not flaming out and trying to sit with that shame but it is difficult because i don't know what it feels like to you too but to me shame really is like this like a sick in the gut feeling and i get this yeah. like energy up the back of my neck that feels almost like my hairs are on end but not in a fear way yeah like there's something gross down my spine and I just like can't stand to be in my body at all mm. and I just I'm like Ugh. I just want to yeah. disappear like now that you say that yeah I actually it's kind of clicked a lot in mine particularly with so Danny my best friend slash ex-partner lived together 10 years time whenever there's something like maybe around the house whenever I feel like I'm being judged in the same thing Daniel just asks, oh what's mm -hmm. happening with this has this been done? I'll like, my brain just goes like, yeah, no, it's been done. And then internally the mind just starts going and just being like, fuck, she's going to be annoyed or this, why is she always doing this? And then I, that would turn into either onto me or onto her, me just being annoyed for some reason. And yeah, I think that is, that very much kind of goes in line with also how it was for me growing up. Like you've got to do all these things. If you don't do them, you've kind of failed. And that just piles on the shame. And then, yeah, immediately the brain just runs with it and creates scenarios that never even existed. You say that word judgment, like people have mm. made a judgment on you. And mm. I think that, yeah, people, you, that maybe that is part of the experience of shame is people have made a judgment on you. That's how I experience on me as a person. Yeah. And because my sense of worth is so low. I mean, and that's something that is like a continual project. You you constantly have to worry. It's not like I can be like, oh, I'm worthy now. You know, it's like a, <laughs> every day you have to keep working on it, but you have that. So you have that judgment and you feel that shame. And then as Zanny said, 
you you need to defend yourself then right so i think that's mm. like where the anger comes from because i feel like this little tiny person who is so shameful and just shouldn't even be here because i've done something wrong and terrible and all these things and the only way to go from there is either completely in the toilet or mm. like pick up a little sword and just try and like <laughs> fight, back. fight back you know what i mean yeah so i think that might be why anger accompanies shame so much because you need, you feel this need to defend yourself because somebody has made a judgment on you as a person. Yeah. Even if in like the cases we were talking about, it was just, Hey, what's happening with this thing on the table? And yeah. it's like, Oh, well, that's not a judgment at all. It's just a question, but it just happens to be about something that inside of you, you feel judged as, as a person. I think just your brain or body just feeling shame immediately makes it feel the rest of the things that are closely attached to it. And it gets used to building this narrative based around what's this doing on the bench? This person hates me and I'm bad to live with. Like, but mm-hmm. it's not even related remotely. Yes, because it's not about the, th- the fact like with Zanny, it's not about that your space isn't clean or that you left something on the table. It's all of the things you tell yourself about that. It's not just like I left a cup on the table. I left a cup on the table. I'm a horrible person. Yeah. I, they must be so mad at me. My space is never clean. It's like these judgments that then come in and come in. And then you're you're kind of like beating yourself down with all these. It's not about the cup. It's about your self-perception. I think this is a great opportunity to talk about sort of the purpose of shame, because what we've been talking about up to this point is really intense levels of shame that snowball into really negative self-talk. At that point, it becomes so emotionally dysregulating that it is not really helpful. But all emotions exist for a reason. And even shame, when justified to fit the facts of the situation, has a purpose. A lot of negative emotions sort of loosely exist to identify threats. And the threat that shame identifies is, am I likely to be kicked out of my community? It's about fitting into your community. And shame helps you identify whether you're at risk of being kicked out. And it's challenging, I think, because then we get into social norms and every little micro community has its own set of what is normal and what is expected of you and so i think the important thing with shame is even when it's justified in the sense that yes your community has communicated to you that if you don't change your behavior you will be kicked out of this community Even then, you kind of have to decide, okay, but is this a community I want to be a part of? Or do I value being part of this community enough that it's worth it to me to hide this or change this behavior, right? Shame is not necessarily telling you that they are right and you are wrong. Mm. It's just simply letting you know that you're at risk of being kicked out of that group. And that's where we those of us with BPD kind of take it to the next level. And we allow that to say to us in our minds, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm weird, It's all, I'm the problem, I need to do things differently. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. I mean, it could just be that the group that you're a part of has expectations of you that maybe you just really don't want to fill, Yeah. right? But that it is, it is helpful in that sense that it communicates to you 
your your place in that group. That's why we have to separate out like the purpose of shame versus the habitual uh, negative self-talk that we have sort of created as a result yeah. of shame. Because definitely those things can be really intertwined and they become almost automatic where you feel yeah. shame and then your inner voice is like, see, you're such an effing loser. You need to go sit in the corner and just like pretend you don't exist because you should be sorry for existing. But that's not the, the goal of yeah. shame itself. It's That's like what we, for various reasons, that's what we have like tacked onto it. Right. Yeah. As soon as you said um, that, I was like, oh, wow, my experience of shame is actually not the normal experience of shame. Hence why we're here. Yeah. My experience of emotions is always like turned up beyond 11. I don't just feel a little bit of shame where it might be like, oh, maybe I should stop doing that because it's not acceptable in this group. It's like, I feel it this much. So it's hard to determine a purpose for it because it's so outsized. Yeah. I think shame has been such a big emotion for me because I've always felt like I was never, I was never good enough. I never belonged. They didn't really want me. Like I somehow didn't meet what they were looking for. And eventually I just, I've decided that I don't want to be a part of their group. These, you know, when we were talking earlier about like shame can be an indicator, like you might get kicked out of a group <laughs> and maybe you just don't need to be in that group. And that's kind of what I decided. Like, I guess I don't need to be in that group. Honestly, that's kind of amazing because it's like, yeah, if you're out with a group of people and you're feeling shame because you're doing something negative, robbing someone or whatever it is, yeah, that could just be a sign. It's like, hey, I'm feeling this being with these people. I probably shouldn't be here with these people. Yeah. But I think if you're able to basically figure out your core values, then I think shame can actually have a much better purpose in your life because you can attach it to your own core values. This is why shame never really worked for me because I only really figured out my core values in the last few years. So before shame was just knocking me about, putting me in whatever line I needed to be, but figuring out those core values, I can now use that to be like, oh, I'm feeling shame. Which one of my core values have I dishonored? Figure yeah. out. Yeah, many of us have this internal voice that's like, I'm the problem. But mm. sometimes it's the culture that needs to change, right? It's not mm. yeah. like... Maybe it's the group that is doing something wrong and you're you're feeling shame because you're trying to fit in with a group that is maybe doing the wrong the wrong things. Yeah. And, yeah. Um I really like that example, Ralph. Like if you're about around a bunch of people who are like, we're gonna go rob someone and you're like, I don't really wanna do that, but I'm gonna get kicked out of this group of robbers. You know, like they're obviously well, Maybe you should get kicked you know? out. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, maybe it's like a good thing to get kicked out. So um have either of you noticed any specific emotional activators for feeling shame? I know, Georgette, you and I have talked a little bit about feeling criticized. For me, it's a lot. It's criticism. And I guess it's this is tied into criticism, but feeling like I could have or should have done better. It's mm. the shoulds. I think that's where, you know, like if my husband says to me, hey, what's your plan for this thing that you've left out? Even though he's just asking me a question, the fact that he's asking me the question, I always interpret it as you should have done something with this by now. I could totally see that jump, though. 
to me, that makes sense. I don't, and it's funny because you don't know, like, is that BPD? Is that, I call it like, is that my BPD brain? Like, I know my brain is different from people who don't have it. So maybe that's why I agree with you, Zanny, because we both share this diagnosis and way of thinking. It's hard because it's hard to know none of us will ever have been in the mind of someone that didn't have a BPD diagnosis. So we will yeah. never know for sure. Um, but, uh, Georgette, one of the things that I'm curious about is, are there any specific things that stand out to you as being a mom that are like, especially activating for you? Yes. Yes. When my children are struggling or they're upset. It gives me an incredible amount of anxiety. I don't want them to be upset. I want to fix it. I also kind of take on, like if they're in distress, it's very easy for me to take on that distress. And then once I feel distressed, my come down is, is ours. So mm. for example, yesterday I was with all four of my children and they started bickering and they, it resulted in one of my children just completely like losing it. And I ended up just feeling awful. I felt like I wasn't handling it well. I didn't handle it well. I'm upset. And then I feel like my upset is like emotionally dumping on them. And then I feel shame about that. That happened around two o'clock. And I don't think I was okay until like seven or eight o'clock at night. To be honest with you, looking back, like I think I handled it pretty darn well, but I feel that shame for not being able to recover quickly enough. And like, I can't just, it's very difficult for me to brush something off. Like once I've been emotionally activated, and in my case, it's the children being in distress, um, criticizing parenting. Once I get to that, once I'm activated like that, it just takes so long to come down. And then I end up feeling really terrible and kind of ashamed that I couldn't be there more for my children. I think for me, like the emotional activators around shame, they seem to be based around what I should have done to fulfill the position of whatever it was I needed to be, whether that was like partner or son or like whatever it is to whoever it is. I don't feel a lot of shame these days in my day to day, but when I, when I'm in or around people from when I was younger, for example, or like, you know, uh, one of my exes and those sorts of like, I should have done this kicks off. That seems to be a big emotional activator for me. And once that should have hits, I should have done this to be the best type of that person. The spiral just goes and then it turn, it goes internally into me. So it seems to be, yeah, that should, you should have done this. You should have been able to be this person. You know, what I think is really interesting about that is I think I feel a lot of shame when it comes to like my parents sometimes. And the mm. the wild thing is that if you're born more emotionally sensitive, like it doesn't take much. And, and a lot of the things that I thought I learned from my parents, like messages that I thought I got from them were not actually messages that they were trying to send. I'll, I'll give you an example. My grandmother had a car that my dad bought from her so that I could use it. And at one point it stopped working. 
And so my dad gave me the title so that I could sell this car. Um, and you know, partially because of ADHD and partially because it's just not really like my cup of tea, I kept kind of procrastinating about what I was going to do with this car. And I felt this very, this stuck feeling because I was like, you know, my dad would want me to get as much money as I can from this. And if I don't do that, then I'm being a bad daughter. Uh, but I really just kind of want to junk it because I don't really want to put in all that effort. And I, I had a breakdown to him on the phone where I'm like sobbing because I'm like, I don't want to do the wrong thing. And he was like, I gave you the title because I don't care what happens to it. Because, you know, sure, if it was me, I would try to get more money for it, but I don't care okay. that much. So <laughs> that, that's why I gave it to you and you can do whatever you want. I, I think that's what's interesting is that I can't actually remember a time that my parents were explicitly like, we're disappointed in the decision that you made. But mm. for some reason, I am terrified that I'm going to get that reaction. And my whole life, ha I have been like trying to position myself so that I don't get that reaction. Sometimes it's just a bad fit. Like my parents are just not super emotional. And so I felt kind of invalidated purely because like if we both are in a challenging position, my mom's like, ooh, this is a challenge. It's an opportunity to learn. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is freaking horrible. And I, and I feel like ass <laughs> right now. Like, how can you be, how is this fun for you? Like, there must be something wrong with me that I don't think this challenge is fun. Mm. I guess I was afraid that they would pick up on how, I mean, they, I was very different from them. Like, how are they not going to pick up on it? Right. But I was afraid <laughs> that they'd pick up on that. I was different. And then I'd get kicked out. It was interesting for me to hear because um, my experience has been kind of the opposite of that. Like, I feel that I've always been a disappointment, but I've had like things back that up constantly. So, you know, like my name, I was supposed to be a boy. So the disappointment hit before I was birthed. <laughs> and then <laughs> like I... I just never got messaging that I fit into the family. I was always a person who didn't fit in really not from even any, just for me, just from being me. I just wasn't a fit. And, um, and I got that messaging a lot. I think Georgie, I was much closer to your sort of scenario. It's like scenario where it's a very El Salvadorian thing I found where it's like, you know, you go on your path, you're on, you're here. If you go a little bit off, we're going to hit you back and you're going to get back in thing. And that's how you get to where you need to in life. And for me, growing up queer and closeted and neurodivergent and all these sorts of things, so many parts of my personality were basically like reasons why I would get knocked back into line, quote unquote. And it was almost like, yeah, I was constantly a disappointment where you know if you could just try harder and like my mom my parents, both parents would say like if you just try harder you'll do so so well and i'm just like that's not how that works because like i have adhd growing up i have to try 300 percent to be able to hit somebody else's 100 percent, and constantly told like you know you're not enough or you're doing it wrong i think that's why like shame has become such a 
like an emotion that activates so intensely so quickly for me because it's what it's what was used against me to put me back in line and it is now the second i need to go back in line on anything it just everything else pops off immediately because the body's just used to doing that and my parents weren't trying to shame me that's just the only thing they knew how to fix behavior what's your final message that you would want to leave the audience with today i often think that with our diagnosis, we feel shame. We feel a lot of shame that's unjustified. And maybe just taking that kernel of knowledge that, you know, maybe some of this shame, like a large part of the shame I'm feeling might just not really be justified in knowing that. Giving yourself grace. Giving yourself grace and realizing, hey, yeah, this isn't a justified way to feel. And then also giving other people grace in the sense that they might not be like validating or reacting to you the way that you want being like, you know, poor baby, here's a hug. That other person might not be able to do that. Them sitting down and just listening or them maybe coming in, just giving you a cookie is their version of like poor baby, here's a hug. I think, yeah, giving grace to yourself, giving grace to the people around you. And more importantly, like, figure out your values and so you can know whether or not the shame is yours or the shame is someone else's. Ooh. I think the important thing about shame is not to shame shame because sometimes we feel shame and then we shame that emotion for existing because it feels bad. At least for me, I feel sick. You know, I, I really, oh. You know, and I, I get very agitated at shame for existing. It's important to have compassion for all of our emotions, even shame, and not treat them like they're enemies. I think that's been probably for the emotions that I really don't like, shame and envy in particular, recognizing that they have a place and, you know, maybe they pop up a little bit more often and more intensely than is necessary, but... I find treating them with respect and compassion, mm. even when they show up at inopportune moments, is helpful to make the whole ship run smoothly. Because as it turns out, we don't just have relationships with other people, we have relationships with ourselves and almost different parts of ourselves. And so it's important to have a good relationship with yourself, all the little mm. individual parts, even if you aren't their biggest fan. So. I like that. That was good. Thank you everyone so much for watching. We hope you got a nugget of wisdom and healing to take with you on your journey. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you do not miss a single episode. Thank you again to our BPD besties on Patreon for voting for this topic. We, we covered a lot of great stuff today. So we will see you again for one more episode this season. Oh my god. So we'll see you next time. <laughs> bye. 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 Bye.